0: Welcome to the Influence Factory podcast. This program is dedicated to support professionals who have a desire to develop their digital business influence so they can navigate through a fast-paced, constantly growing digital world. We invite newcomers as well as our family of business influencers to a place to play, share ideas, questions, tips, and guidance with other thought leaders around the globe. Sit back and enjoy our program with our host, Dean Delisle, as he interviews guests. News and commentary is provided by Kate Hassett and Jackson Delisle. Power Move lessons are provided by the Influencer Marketing Department at Social Jack. And production, editing, and distribution is provided by the Social Jack production team.
1: So, just want to welcome everybody to an uh, episode, first one of the year, of uh, Influence Factory, where we bring you the latest industry news related to building your digital influence in your personal brand. We also bring you news and lessons, and we also get to hear from business influencers like our guests, Colin Egglesfield. So we're excited to have him, and welcome Kate and Jackson. How are you guys doing?
2: Good.
1: How, are you? good. How are you? Good. 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 Are you doing well in this uh, balmy forty degree weather here in Chicago? Yep,
2: yeah. better than last week. <laughs> <didn't fit me. laughs> right,
1: right? Yeah,
3: I know. I walked outside. I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm hot. I don't need to wear a jacket. And then I realize it's still like in the thirties, forties. But yeah, it's the crazy it feels time so, so
1: much better. Yeah, since Kate moved from Atlanta, she has to have three outfits out this time of year, so (laughs) just to cope, just to cope, just to cope. So uh, with that being said, uh, we just want to guide people that do want to attend our events to the Social Jack website. Uh, Just click on the events tab and you'll see that we have webcasts and events and conferences that we're part of. And uh, always appreciate if you are coming or going to wherever we're at that you let us know so we can uh, introduce you to a whole bunch of people and uh, help you build your personal brand. So with that being said, uh, Kate, where can
2: people join us on social? So, our lovely Mia will be live tweeting on Twitter. You can follow us at Get Social Jack, Use the hashtag InfluenceFactory. And then, of course, we also have our brand new Facebook group, the Business Influencer Alliance. So, make sure you check there because um, updates, your questions answered, that'll all happen in the Facebook group. And then, of course, we're on Facebook and LinkedIn as Social Jack. So, check.
1: There you go. There you go. And every week on our show, if you're part of that Business Influencer Alliance, we will make sure that uh, you get to peek behind the scenes as we go live a little early to that group. Uh, So with that being said, uh, I understand we have some, uh, we always like to cover at least uh, one piece of news. So uh, the team has selected a piece of news. So what do you guys have for us today?
3: Um, So today we're gonna be talking about an article that was posted on social media today by Mark Walker Ford. uh, It's called 25 free SEO tools. To help your website rank higher on Google, I felt like this was a great article to kick off 2019 with, uh, since people are always looking to boost their business and, you know, especially brand awareness. Uh, And this is very cool because this is uh, especially for the companies that don't have monster budgets like Nike and, you know, Google and Adidas, things like that. So we all know that. Google is the number one search engine in the world. so it it is actually estimated to facilitate more than three point five billion searches every day wow. so uh, you know getting to the top of that uh, in Google search results that's a that's a big deal because you know you have three point five billion chances uh, but uh, you know, the coolest thing about this is it gives you tools that are free. They're not going to cost you anything, or at least they have a great free trial. So uh, coming in first place was Google PageSpeed Insights. This is a great tool for you to plug in your website URL, and it'll test page speed, and it'll, sh- it'll uh, explain how you can improve it and what's causing it to slow down on loading time, things like that. So that, you know, it's a great tool and I, I highly recommend it and it's uh, free. So that's also, I
2: really love cool free. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. Well, that's just what I wanted to say. Like even with social media being so big and influencer development being so big, what exactly what Jackson said, even companies with smaller budget website traffic from search engines are so huge for every company, especially small companies. So um, if you can cut corners, in your budget by by using a free tool, I think that's so great. Another one that Jackson pointed out on the on the list that we wanted to talk about was uh, the keywords tool, and that's a keyword keywords tool io. And so this helps you develop your keywords based on a single or sorry, it helps you provide hundreds of additional keywords. Based on one keyword. So this is a conversation we have with clients, with people in the group all the time. And they're like, what are my keywords? What are my keywords? And that's something that you want to be found for. So if the, if the keyword that you're using is very, is very saturated and lots of people are using it, this can help you come up with other options to kind of break through the noise. So also a very good tool.
1: Yeah, that's a a good point, Kate. And I think uh, a lot of people forget something to add to that is uh, don't just type into the keywords that you call your items. Make sure you ask your customers how did they search for you. So even though we're in the business influence business, if you will, uh, most people find us because they want to increase their personal brand, their thought leadership. So uh, there's a lot of keywords. And so what's good about that tool is it will give you variations too.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, and the other cool one that we're going to discuss, just because we're short on time, we're not going to get through all 25 of these. uh, You can check out this article in the Facebook group or in our resource center on Social Jack. Uh, It's got tons of great tools to help you boost your SEO for 2019. So make sure to check it out. And also the second tool that, that coming in second place was the Moz Local Listing Score. And this is this is this is very cool because it shows you how your business it looks online. It just shows you how, uh, you know, it crunches the data from ten different sources: uh, Google, Yelp, Facebook, and it scores your business on how it is presented to the outside world—people who don't know your brand, people who, you know, things like that. It is uh, very cool, and I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, that's, And uh, that's all we have for the news today. So,
1: All right. So uh, thank you guys for the news. Great reports on that. Um, also, uh, we have a lesson of the day, and we always like to uh, start with what we call our Social Jack Power Move. So we're going to be talking to um, Colin here in a few minutes about transitioning your influence. And one of the things that I want you to consider is that Uh, No matter what you're going through, what you're changing, a lot of us are adjusting, shifting 2019, we're building, uh, whatever that looks like, we are literally um, shifting our network all the time. So what I encourage you to do is to Google the term social teaming and know that you can grow and pivot your network each and every day. And so we have a ton of materials out there. We want to encourage you to make sure you look at the network and just because you are where you're at today doesn't mean that's where you have to be tomorrow. So make sure you're always looking at your network. Are you engaging with the people and the social team that's going to help you reach your goals and get to where you want to go? So we want to make sure everybody does that. And um, uh, please, if you need more materials on that, just either go to socialjack.com or go to uh, Google and just type in social teaming. Uh, with that being uh, said, I'm excited about today's guest, uh, Colin Egglesfield. Uh, he is uh, best known as a Hollywood actor, uh, and he's appeared on popular TV shows like All My Children, which my mom and my grandmom used to watch, and then Holly watched and everybody watched. Uh, Hawaii Five-O, 0 Melrose Place, uh, appeared in recent movies with well-known actors Kate Hudson, S- Still- Sylvester, or I call him Sly Stallone and others. In addition, uh, recently relocating back here to Chicago uh, so we could hang with him to focus on his real estate career and community redevelopment projects. He's doing a ton of wonderful work. He works with a ton of charities. Uh, Please welcome actor and my good friend, Colin Egglesfield. There he is. What's happening? And Jackson and Kate, we'll see you at the end. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to Chicago. Yeah, from the West Loop, right? Exactly. Now what's interesting about this is you said, and we'll talk about transitioning, you know, sort of yourself uh, in a minute here. Uh, But when we were warming up, you talked about uh, from the West loop and people said, um, people said, uh, or you were talking about, or people would say, uh, Colin, don't you wish you were in LA? And you were like, no way. So I know we had people listening from LA, but what do you like about Chicago over LA?
4: Well, Having grown up here, um, I you know, I just it's my family is here, my my really good friends who I grew up with are here, and um, and I guess uh, before I even get into that, I just want to say thank you, Dean, for having me on the yes. show today. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Jackson. Uh, I am excited to be uh, on the show, I'm excited to be back here in Chicago, and um, and yeah, just uh, like I said, having grown up here and um, feeling like I had my opportunity to, uh, you know, get out, explore, travel the world, and, you know, there's a lot of great things I love about Los Angeles, a lot of great things I love about uh, other places in the world, but um, I guess my personality has always been uh, one in which I've always had this adventurous spirit to kind of go out and explore, um, and after kind of traveling and seeing what else is out there, I've, I have really recognized that Chicago really has the best of so many things from around the world. It has uh it it's got great restaurants um it's got great theater it has um community of people that i've really uh uh really started to appreciate now that i'm doing my real estate business in terms of just um having a project that so many like just mentioning it to different people the networking here is is incredible and that's something that you guys have really helped me tap into um, that I just didn't feel like I was able to really, truly, um, get my, wrap my hands around in Los Angeles. Um, you know, doing any sort of project requires a, a ton of support and networking. And, uh, because I didn't necessarily, um, have the connections when I first moved out to Los Angeles. I just moved out there as you know, an actor aspiring to to get to where I wanted, you know, to be on a, a TV show and a movie. And even having gotten up to that certain level of working on some you know TV shows and, and doing some movies with, like you mentioned, Kate Hudson and Sylvester Stallone, uh, it really is a uh, it's very challenging in Los Angeles because there's so many people who are there for that one industry of entertainment right. and um, and everyone is uh, vying to get people's attention and with uh, with so many people out there trying to you know make movies and do television um, it's very competitive and you truly have to love what you do in order to 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 survive out there and to put up with all the the nonsense whether it's you know, going on a hundred auditions before you book one role, and and uh, the traffic and 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 all that stuff. And uh, I just kind of felt like, with where I was at in my life, I still wanted to do my acting. And there was a I you know started to see that there's a lot of new shows that are filming here in Chicago and and uh, some shows that existed here. And um, I felt like with my real estate business growing here in Chicago, I was finding myself coming back here like once every you know month or two and i finally realized that with the advent of the way technology has uh hollywood has embraced the technology i'm able to do auditions uh upload them up on dropbox send them to my agent in in los angeles and then if there's further interest then i can jump on a plane and fly back out to uh to la to uh to pursue those Yeah that's cool.
2: <clears throat>
1: And uh, you know what's interesting when I, you know, I do a business. I told you I'm leaving today for San Diego. And I uh I have some clients in LA as well. And uh what's interesting is I'm there because of the people that I know. And I as you were talking about acting and getting into that, it's almost like business. It's it's like busting into that network, you know, and and that's uh that's almost an interesting thing. So how is that different busting into? a Hollywood network versus a business network where you're going to go pick up clients or a deal?
4: Yeah, I would say it's, it's a lot tougher busting into the Hollywood network because it's very insular and it's almost like being in high school where if you break into that, the, you know, the cool club, the or if you get click of, you know, if you get on a TV show or a movie you get invited to all the parties and then it opens up doors to uh to meet different people but everyone it seems people are very guarded i've i've noticed in los angeles because it seems like a lot of people are out there um they it it seems like they want something from you as soon as they know that you're on a tv show or if you're a producer they're like here here's my script and i wrote this and you know can you get me an agent and can you can you do this for me and and so what i learned was that Whenever I would meet someone, I would try to instead of asking something from them. Then one of the greatest lessons I've learned was to provide something of value to someone, and just saying like, "Oh, what are you working on? Oh, you know what? I've got a friend who's a producer who might be interested in helping you out with that, or I know, you know, a musician who might want to do the, you know, the scoring for your film or whatever it is." To the point then where they then because I've provided value to them, then they are like, well, you know, what are you working on and how can I help you? Right. And, uh, that's, that's, that's a big lesson I, I learned. Um, cause man, it's, it's amazing. How many people will just, um, knowing that you're simply on a TV show, they think that you have the keys to the kingdom and that right. you're going to be able to introduce them to Steven Spielberg. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh it it's uh and even when you know, they say it's easy to get to the top, it's hard to stay there. And right. it's kinda of crazy. You see actors who were popular in on like nineties T V shows and then they disappear and then boom, they appear on like uh um you know, a, a hit T V show. Um like Gray's Anatomy. Um what's his name? Uh main character.
1: Um Oh I know, yeah. Um I can't think of his Patrick name. Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. Right.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, I, he was in this movie, can't, can't find, or can't buy me love back in like the eighties. And he was like the dorky kid. And then he disappeared. And he comes back on Grey's Anatomy, like 20 years later, it's like the heartthrob. It's like, well, where have you
1: been the past 20 years? Um, it's, almost, and- it's almost like, uh, even like, you know, when actors would pop up like Harrison Ford and things like that, and then good old IMDB comes up and you look back and they're like, uh, Holy smokes, you know, they were in that movie <laughs> and you, right. it's just an yeah. awful movie, you know, and it's, I'm surprised they don't yeah. let them take it down, but once it's out there, it's out there, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh it, it's it's very important to once you get to a certain level to protect that brand and your image um once you reach a certain level, you, you know, people ask like, "Oh, well, you know, you started in the modeling world and then you started doing commercials and then you you advanced to doing a guest star and then you become a principal actor on a TV show. And then, then you do the movie, uh, the movies and people ask, well, you know, once you, you know, do you ever do any more commercials or do you do any more modeling stuff? And it's almost as if like, once you get to a certain level, it's, um, unless it's the right fit, you, you, if you, you go back down, you're degrading your brand or your, your the perception in Hollywood of the level that you're at.
1: It's so, not- and you know, it's interesting because I think business is somewhat like that, too. You know, if you if you uh, work in a certain class or area of business, then all of a sudden you graduate to, let's say, an enterprise business, which think of that like a big feature film, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm going to come back down here to this level of business. And then it's almost like, you know, do you lose credibility in that network? Because now you're seen down in this network. And Mm -hmm. as as you're playing this out, I think there's a lot of parallels in there, you know, with doing that. And one of the things that always surprised me is, you saying that, that, um, you know, that, well, if once I'm in this type of movie or this type of show, I can't just take anything, you know, in acting, you have to be selective. So that means you have to pass up things that you might want to do for yeah. things that you can't do. And does your agent right. like, tell you that? Like, as he stand on the sideline and go, Hey, I know you want to do this, but we really shit.
4: Yeah. 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 And, uh, I mean, and sometimes you, you you miss on them. I mean, the, you, when Battlestar Galactica uh, was being brought back, this was like, I want to say 10 years ago. Right. I'd just gotten out to Hollywood and I was starting to do, you know, some, some I guess, sort of, you know, quality guest stars. And um, I booked a pilot. And so I, I had a little bit of uh, kind of heat behind me. And when Battlestar Galactica was being auditioned was uh they were casting for the new uh battle i was like oh my god that's i love that show when i was a kid i was like that'd be so cool to you know be on that show and and my agent was like whoa 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 it's that's Battlestar galactica it's on the stars <laughs> network it's like it's you know it's only like 13 year old kids are going to watch that um and so but they're like if you want to do it you, you know just kind of just know that we'll just kind of see what else is out there. So I went in, I auditioned and um, got further along on the audition process to the point where I was starting to audition. It, it seemed like I was their guy. And I was starting to audition some of the female actresses that they were considering to play opposite me. And uh, and so I was like, I mean, I was hanging out with the producers and the director and I, you know, I mean, I was like, okay, this is great. I mean, it looks like I'm going to be doing this. And then an audition came up for a Fox TV show that was like this family drama and it was by this critically acclaimed writer. And, and so I went on, I auditioned for that. And I kept getting further along on the audition for that one as well. And it came down to the point where Battlestar people were like, okay, we want you for the show. Um, so let's do this. And my agent was like, well, the uh, it, the Fox TV pilot. Um, it's down between you and another guy. And that final audition is next week. And he said, but the Battlestar Galactica people can't wait until next week. They need you to decide right now whether you want to do Battlestar. So you can either do Battlestar and end up on the stars network and it probably never going anywhere or doing anything. Or you have the opportunity to work on this Fox show and, you know, you could, you know, become a, you know, a big TV star. and blah, blah. So I was like, all right, well, I, I guess, I mean, if you put it that way, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll say no to the Battlestar. Um, and so we said no. And then the next week, I went and auditioned for the final test. They call it the final test um, between me and this actor named Jensen Echols, who now is on Supernatural. And we went in, felt like I had a great audition. I walked out. I was like, all right, you know, I put my best foot forward and I didn't get the role. And oh. so I had said no to A Bird in Hand and didn't get that show. Um, and then Battlestar went on to go do like seven seasons and win like all these Emmys, and it was like this breakout hit for the Stars Network. And I was just watching this, and I and I could not watch Battlestar because I was so pissed off that I had said no to it. And then that show that Jensen ended up doing, um, it never they shot ten episodes of it, and it never made it on air. It never aired oh. for ever reason. And then Jensen, of course, goes on to do. 20 seasons of Supernatural. Um, and I think, you know, everything kind of works out in the end. But um, when I look back and how kind of crazy the business is and and you go back and you talk to any big actor and they'll tell you that, you know, like uh, Richard Gere in uh, American Gigolo. He got that because John Travolta didn't want to do it. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a ton of those stories out there in Hollywood where you know someone did a breakout role and it was because someone else uh didn't want to do it or got fired from a job um Michael J Fox in uh Back to the Future right they had actually hired um Eric Stoltz for that role and they filmed like I want to say they filmed like four weeks of Back to the Future and they just felt like Eric's tone he was just too serious and too dark and so they they let him go and they they brought in michael j fox and they had to reshoot the whole beginning of the movie um but it ended up they they felt like michael was just more of a better fit for for the movie so right hollywood hollywood is a a brutal brutal business i mean you got to have a thick skin and you got to be able to just rebound you know after Uh, I got killed off of all my children. I thought my acting (laughs) life was over, you know, and then boom, I booked Melrose Place and back out in Hollywood. And then you're like, I'm back in the game, you know, and then that show only goes one season. You're like, Oh no, I was expecting it to go seven seasons because the previous one did. So you're constantly having to, to keep that uh, forethought on, even when you're on a show, you're like, okay, I need to be working on um, networking and, uh, trying to create that next job so that when this one ends, because it is going to end eventually, um, but I'm not just caught flat footed and trying to scramble right. and get another job.
1: Well, it's it's always know, it's easier a, to
4: get another job when you have a job.
1: Right. Absolutely. And, and it's almost like, you know, I think about, um, uh, I do far less of the consulting type gigs, but it's almost like that, that while you're working, say on the project, uh, you're not necessarily thinking about the next project yet, so it's like, and if you don't do that, you're not teed up for the next project. Right? You know, what's nice right. is in business, you can usually control the timetable of that uh, in most cases. Uh, but yet, with uh, Hollywood, it's like you don't know if it's going to go for one season or if it's never going to air. or If it's going to go for one nine episodes,
4: I mean, one episode. <laughs> there's like there was a TV show. Uh, was about this guy that I, I auditioned for this role and got very close to getting the role and then this other guy ended up getting it and they filmed like it was supposed to go like 23 episodes and they ended up filming like the first 14 episodes and the first two episodes aired and the ratings were so bad they just canceled it after two episodes right. and you think back at like a show like seinfeld and that show was about nothing and the reason why Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> got that show was because he was tapped to be, this is what I heard, he was tapped to be the replacement to Johnny Carson. And Johnny Carson ended up um, uh, extending on for a little bit longer. And so they had Jerry Seinfeld, or was it Jerry Seinfeld or, or Jay Leno? Maybe it was Jay Leno. I where, um, Yeah, and so Jay Leno decided to stay on uh, a little bit longer. So NBC had a contract with Jerry Seinfeld and so they were paying him and so they were like well, you know well, we're paying you to do something why don't you just put some, put a show together just do something and so he put the show together about nothing and um and it, it didn't do very well in the first season or two um, until it caught on with its audience and sometimes you know you just need a um a, 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 you need time to let your audience find you and you look at someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, who has been doing a lot of, you know, he's, he's a great motivational speaker and he talks to kids and has a lot of great advice out there. Um, And he's, you know, he's a social influencer and people would ask him like, you know, Gary, I've been like posting stuff on YouTube and no one, I only have four followers and he's like, you know, Gary's always dropping F bombs. He's like, fuck that. You know, like when I first started, I had like (laughs) negative followers (laughs) And, and it just takes time. And he shows videos of when he was doing this, like, 15 years ago and it just takes time if you just keep being consistent with what you're doing and and what i have realized too is with like instagram and social media and how it's so important in business nowadays especially in hollywood where casting directors and producers they look at how many instagram followers you have and how many facebook followers you have because if the role comes down between you and another guy and he has 5,000 followers and you have 600,000, then they know that if they hire the guy with the 600,000 followers, that they've got that built in audience of viewership already. And that, that means a lot. And so that's why it's, uh, you know, it's not, and and it goes for business as well. You know, it's, it's, right. social media has just been a game changer over the past few years. Um, and yeah.
1: So I'm, I'm sort of curious. Hmm. So, um, so you have, uh, I know you have, what, over 120,000 on Instagram, I think. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you've got uh, 20 some odd thousand on Facebook. And now we, uh, on the business, in the business world, we have you a little more in LinkedIn and, and some Twitter going on and things like that. Um, what's, what's, your, what's your perspective of social media in today's world? I mean, think about it from the personal and the business side.
4: Yeah, it's uh, a good question. You know, I was so anti-social media when it first came out, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. And I was seeing, like, Vin Diesel was one of the first early adopters. Right. And at that time, it was a a lot of stuff on Facebook. And um, there wasn't, like, the Facebook Live or Instagram Live just yet. But um, there was Twitter. and, and, And he was just, like, posting all the time about, like, him on an airplane flying to his next job. And I always look at like, who, who cares? Like you narcissistic idiot. Like what, What? like who cares that, that you're at Starbucks ordering a coffee or what? I, I don't, and I don't want people to know what kind of coffee I get or where I'm at sure. or what, like, and I, um, as I started to see, like, it pr- turns out that Vin Diesel was an early adopter genius because he was he had the foresight to recognize that this social media was a great way to to connect with your fans and to grow your following and what i've recognized it's uh, and what i've been pleasantly surprised with is that um i was afraid that i was going to be attracting a lot of crazies out there who just wanted to harass me and and troll and just say all this you know negative stuff but the more i started to engage not just post a picture but And when then people post, I've started to now engage with my actual followers um, because what I've recognized is that I can genuinely see how what I'm doing can influence or inspire someone to then do something that maybe they've been wanting to do but just haven't had the, that push to do it. So like right. this year, I started writing a book called the agile artist and a lot of it has to do with uh harnessing everything i've learned over you know the past few years in hollywood and how um i've met so many different people and acting coaches and um motivational people to help just push you forward into that arena of the unknown and sometimes it's scary to jump into something that you're not sure of what it is or what it's going to turn out or how, if you're going to fail or if you're going to look stupid. Um, and so sometimes you just need someone to be that person to be like, listen, I've been there before. I know it's scary, but trust me, if you just do this step, this step, this step, you're going to be, you know, you're, you're going to be so, um, surprised on the the results that you can produce just by doing these few little things. And, it makes me feel good to be able to know that I'm able to connect with people um, through Instagram, just, you know, through this little device here that you can affect people all over the world. I mean, I've got people following me from, I've done movies in Brazil and Thailand and, right. and so people from all over and people write in in different languages and I have no idea what they're saying, but I, it's like, Oh
1: yeah. And God for Google translator, right?
4: Yeah. And they will be like, um, he's like Russian, Letters and then there'll be a heart, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I I think that means that that's a good
1: thing. Um, I know, I know. We get we get that because Southeast Asia, we launched in, and then some folks, you know, in Germany and whatnot. And it's funny when you get those. um, I've had stuff in Saudi Arabia, and it's like you're like, okay, what are they saying? But what I like is now most of the social media platforms allow you to press the translate button because then you're like, okay, is this like you said? I get scared sometimes when I see some of those things pop up. And I'm like, what are they saying? Who is this? <laughs> <It's-> yeah. <laughs> and most of the case, it's 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 not that harmful. But um, but that's uh that's super cool. So, so I'm thinking that um, you know, you've moved back here to Chicago, and um, I I know that uh, I'm always uh I'm always like proud uh to be connected with you because I see you doing so many things in the community. You love to help charities you're a giving person. So uh, one of the things that inspired me when I first met you was that you're like all about coming back here and and helping communities. And so tell us a little bit about that.
4: Yeah. So, you know, I my parents have always been really involved with uh, um, charitable stuff. I mean, my parents would have us go do soup kitchens growing up. And uh, my dad was a doctor, so uh, he was always around people, and and uh, he delivered babies, and just to, whenever I would meet someone, and they would say, "Oh, your dad delivered my baby. He's like such a great doctor, and you know he's uh, such a great man." And um, my mom, with uh, she became a, a family therapist, and so they've always been uh, great examples with regards to reaching out and having an impact on people and, and community, and. And so, at an early age, I just started to see how rewarding that could be, and um, and so as I uh, kind of just went through, you know, growing up, I uh, it would start to, like I volunteered to coach a, a kids' football team, and and then when I got into uh, college, I um, I worked at a uh, a group home for disabled kids where uh, some of these kids were um, had physical or mental disabilities and you'd help them get ready for school in the morning and when they came home from school help them with their homework or take them to the grocery store and uh, you know help them uh, learn how to use money and buy groceries and that sort of thing and it was just incredibly rewarding knowing that uh, um, I was able to contribute to uh, you know to, to people's lives like that and then as I kind of continued on with uh, graduating college and moving to New York City. I volunteered at a a youth center um, where I was tutoring kids with uh, who were getting ready for the SAT and the ACT. And as exciting as my life is when I'm working on a movie set or walking on the red carpet or going to all these parties and traveling, you know, it's fun and it's exciting, but it's not the it's not as rewarding as sitting with a 17 year old girl who's having trouble with her geometry and helping her solve that problem. And then you see that light bulb go off in her head, knowing that she has the ability to solve this problem. And then on a much larger scale, giving her the, the um, confidence and instilling in her the idea that, you know what, you can do this. And beyond and and, you know did you ever think about going to college and what have you what have you thought about in terms of um what's possible and i've always loved how you can tell that when people haven't really necessarily thought about um certain things or if you present different opportunities that they weren't aware of um and then help them you know push them towards that direction that's incredibly rewarding for me and so now that i'm back here in chicago uh, one of the great things that I love about real estate is that not only are we going into communities that um, have homes uh, that are you know run down and shabby that uh, that need to be rehabbed and um, and fixed up. Um, but we're also putting local people to work because our contractors hire local people um, in the area who some of them um, have gotten out of prison and have a re- uh, felony on their record and they can't get a regular right. job. And so th- our contractors provide second chances for some of these individuals that wouldn't normally have the opportunity. And people think like, Oh, you're rehabbing homes in the South side of Chicago. Are you crazy? You know, with all you <laughs> see on the media and the gun violence and the murders and, and, you know what I've recognized is, you know, when I gone down, when I first went down there to kind of see what was really going on, um, I've, you know, it, it's it's blown way out of proportion in terms of it's not a war zone down there. I mean, there are certain isolated incidents where there are is gang activity, and you once you start to get to know these communities, you just know to avoid those hot spots of gang activity, and it may be a, a mile away from where, from where, the, you know, the hotbed of gang activity is to where our house is and on our block. Um, it usually, you know, it's usually block by block, and they'll have assignments as well. right. 9,100, Ada block. You know, uh, we take pride in our community, no guns, no drugs, no this, and we call the police, and um, we look for homes on blocks like that where it looks like people are, you know, are, are, it's a decent neighborhood and people are, are um, just regular folk just trying to, you know, have a normal life. And we go in those neighborhoods and usually find the, the worst house on the block. And when we're fixing it up, we're, um, you know, helping stabilize those neighborhoods and uh, and get rid of the, some of the riffraff because we're getting, um, we're making the home nice and having families and um you know, young professionals who are looking for a nice rehab home with nice quartz countertops and, and granite. And and we're able to uh, flip these houses at an affordable price so that we're not necessarily gentrifying these neighborhoods. We're providing quality, uh, affordable housing for people who actually live in these neighborhoods, who want to stay in these neighborhoods. And, um, and when we're rehabbing the homes, people in the neighborhood sometimes will come up and they'll say, you know, they'll thank us for for us doing what we're doing. And, um, it's, it's an amazing feeling knowing that when we uh, rehab a home, um, and someone buys one of our properties, uh, knowing that we've provided a, uh, you know, a, a nice new home for these people. It's very gratifying.
1: Yeah, that's, that's cool. And I, you know, I think about that as, you know, I, I grew up on the South side and then, uh, over by Gary and I'm, uh, you know, depending on what chapter of my life I was in. And, and as you were saying that I'm like, you know, my sister and even today will be like, oh, you're not going into that neighborhood, are you? And I'm like, we grew up in those neighborhoods. I said, even when I was living in Chicago and I had a, I had a nice condo, you were still, you just had to know what blocks not to go to. But yet Mm -hmm. the section we were in, we were rebuilding, you know? And I think that's so Mm -hmm. cool that you're helping to identify blocks that want to change. Because I think that's the thing. I think I think you're always going to have you know the the people that are tough to get you know to to sort of move out of the area or there's a home that's stuck on that block and they don't know what to do and mm-hmm. so you're sort of what I hear you saying is you're coming in and helping those people or that neighborhood or that block at least and and which will change the neighborhood uh, to really go in there and and I imagine what do you do? you get investors to to help out with that and then you buy them up and fix them up. And
4: then yeah, so with these types of properties, you know, you can buy houses down there for fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. And it usually requires about uh seventy to eighty thousand dollars to rehab these properties. So you're all in for between hundred and twenty to hundred and fifty, and then um, you usually can sell them between hundred and seventy to uh, like 160 to like the high end 220. Um, so we're not, you know, breaking the bank in terms of making, you know, a huge amount of money on these properties, but that's, that's not the the goal behind what we're doing. Um, it really comes down to, uh, um, wanting to make a difference in these communities. And also, uh, because of these price points, we're able to get into, um, more of them and have a bigger impact on these communities than if we were to do one big yeah. $500,000 rehab in the north side of chicago um which we do have a couple of those going now as well uh just to diversify what we're doing but um in the south side um it's easier to get in and fix up these homes and put them back on the mar- market in a relatively uh short time frame of about 6 months and we have partnered with private lenders who, um, you know, lend us money to actually get into these properties and we're able to provide them a good return on their investment. And, uh, so it's worked out for, um, a win-win for, for everyone involved.
1: Yeah, that's cool. And so, so then, uh, you know, as we think about that, you know, you've gone from uh, being killed off on All My Children <laughs> <laughs> to Melrose Place. Glorious guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then uh, recently in Backtrace with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Matthew Modine and that, that whole crew. and And then still acting and then helping to rebuild Chicago neighborhoods. I mean, that's got to be a tough balance.
4: I think it's a dream come true. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I mean, I like to stay busy
4: and you know, it, um, I, I just, I remember the day when I first got out to Los Angeles and I was just sitting in my apartment and I'd be waiting for the phone to ring or getting to get that email for an audition. And I'd be like, so bored. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm just, I'm out here. I'm ready to do some, something and nothing's happening. And, I was like, okay, I guess I'm, I'll go to the gym or I guess I'll go to Starbucks again and, and read a book on acting. And I just remember like, I can't wait till some stuff is happening. And I realized like, you know, you just have to get out and start to make stuff happen and be careful what you wish for. Because now, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm in the middle of rehabbing uh, two homes. I I've got a six unit apartment building. I'm in the middle of renovating. I'm producing a film. I'm producing a reality real estate show. I'm writing this book. I'm auditioning for new TV shows. Uh, and in the middle of it all, you know, training for my triathlons, because I'm very active with uh St. Jude's uh, and Chicago, or uh, uh, children's hospital Los Angeles, raising money for them. And so, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a matter of just, um, time management and juggling and and, uh, and making sure that um you just like got your calendar and you schedule your stuff out and <laughs> it's not about trying to find time it really comes down down to making time and really you know the night before writing down in your calendar okay what what am i going to do at 8 a.m and what i'm going to do at 9 a.m and what am i going to do it you know as a framework of of what's going to happen and it yeah. usually never Goes perfectly. <laughs> um, things are always changing, and people are calling. And sometimes, you know, I got a call one saying that a um, there was a car accident in front of one of my properties, and my tenant called me up at eleven o'clock on a Monday night, saying that a car had hit the side of the house, and that the front of the car was now in the basement of the house. Um, so you get those, you know, unexpected calls sometimes. But um, you know, there's it's never a dull moment anymore. I'm never bored.
1: Well I think uh, I think a big message that I, to everybody that's listening is uh as you were explaining everything that you're doing which you know people look at my calendar and they get overwhelmed and you know especially my team here and and they're like are you going to do all that stuff and I'm like I'm going to do the most important things and if I can yeah I'll I'll do as much of that as possible um, but but what I watched is your change in body language as you were describing that, and you're on camera. It's like I get to do this, and I'm going to train <laughs> for the triathlon. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I think you're at that point, you know, at least for me, where it's like he gets to do this stuff. And like when I said, isn't that overwhelming? You're like, no, it's exciting, and that's just the yeah. act, right? Yeah. And
4: one of the things too, and I, I talk about this in my book is. I was living across the street from the world trade center when all of that happened in Mm -hmm. 2001. And I was on the 18th floor. My apartment faced both of the towers. And so when the first plane hit and I went to my window and I saw, you know, people hanging out of the windows and then eventually saw some people starting to jump, I, you know, it just was like, it, it just hit me in that moment where it was like, man, life, is short and yeah. it could end in an instant you never know like those people when they woke up that morning not a million trillion billion years would they have thought they would have been trapped in the top of those towers you know wishing they w- and i think about like what was going through there would they did they wish they would have said i love you to their husband or you know or told their kids that they you know what or they had signed up for, um, that triathlon or, or that the person wished he would have gone up to that girl in the bar and gotten the phone number. Like you think like, man, life can end in an instant. And it's almost as if like, I feel like I want to live a full life and, and not let stuff that I'm afraid of, or that I'm nervous about stop me because it's almost in honor of, people who can't do it. And be, I think, you know, because I'm in a position to be able to do all this stuff, uh, uh I feel like it's almost like um, you know, it's uh I, I feel guilty that if I if I am just sitting around, you know, eating potato chips on the couch, I kind of feel like I'm wasting opportunity and I just wanna accomplish so much that um and that's not to say that, you know, I don't sit around and eat pizza and cheeseburgers and watch movies and stuff, but, um, you know, I'm just, I, I guess I'm, that's just the way I'm built, and um, I, I really like to just get out there and do stuff.
1: Yeah, and uh, I always think of that uh, song, and I'm not a big country song fan, but there's the one song, you know, like, live, live as, you know, live like you were dying, right, so it's like, you don't know when your last day is, and are you living every, every day to that moment, and I think that's uh, what's cool about your brand that you've, Built is is not just in in Hollywood and the producers that I talk to that you're connected to, they get that part about you and and of course Melissa are, you know is helping both of us get our books out there. So and I talk to her and she's like, I just got done talking to Colin. You guys have so much energy. I think we like wear out sometimes. Yeah, she loves what's it. The
4: name it's, of your uh, book, by the way, huh? First, the name of your first.
1: book is first. Awesome. First. Yep. And what's it about? Well, how to be first, man. How to be first in your network, how to be first in your world, how to be first known. It's a book of firsts in terms of personal branding and, and putting yourself out there. So uh and just like yours, it'll be out in a few weeks because it's coming fast, isn't it? Isn't it funny how yeah. you yeah. just yeah. set your mind to something and it's like, man, yeah. I think I just did that in five weeks or whatever. And and you know, and I thought about it for ten years. So
4: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's something about committing to something that yeah, I don't know the universe shifts or like the stars align, and it's kind of like you know I've I've done six marathons and I never thought I would actually do a marathon until so my sister called me up one day and she said I just watched Oprah Winfrey run the marathon and you know that she did a show on it and showed her training. I'm so inspired that I want to do it. And it's like, do you want to do it with me? She's like, my husband's doing it. I'm like. Crap! If they're doing it, then I, you know, I want to do it. <laughs> so I went online and I registered for the Chicago Marathon, and there was something about just typing my name in and giving my credit card and then getting that email back saying you are now registered for the what was it the 1999 Chicago Marathon that solidified it wasn't just a concept anymore. It wasn't just a, oh, I I'd like to do that or like entertaining an idea. It was now in. It was like it was. It was solidified by that charge on my credit card, you know, and that email. And it's like if you then commit to something and have it actually be real like that, then it's it's almost like okay, now I I there's no more wishing or hoping. It's like okay, come rain or shine on October whatever 1999, I have. Said I'm going to be standing at the starting line of the Chicago Marathon. Now, what do I need to do to get ready for that? And so I bought a book on marathon running, and I bought some. I researched what are the best running shoes, and I just started to work backwards. I'm like, you look at people who climb mountains; they don't just, you know, go to the bottom of mountains start climbing. They look at the top, and then they examine what is the best and easiest way to get to the top. And I read uh, that book into thin air. By John Krakauer about um, the Mount Everest uh, climbers and uh, and how they go about climbing to the top, and they right. they start at the top and then they look backwards and figure out what is the the, the best route to get to the top and
1: how are we going to get there? Sort of like building a business, right? There you go. <laughs> we always got to bring it back. And then you've done nine triathlons too, now, right? Uh six. six. But then I,
4: oh yeah. Well, and then nine triathlons, six marathons, nine triathlons. Right. Yeah.
1: So, uh, um, so then, then how many my? Yeah, how many marathons did you do? And then you're like, all right, this isn't enough. I got to go for the next level. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
4: It was yeah, my sixth marathon was the L.A. Marathon and by the time I got to the finish line, I was like, oh, okay, I'm done with this. I, I, I've had it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it's always great when you cross the finish line, but um, my, uh, one of my friends, um, an actor friend of mine, uh, Jeff Stoltz, he was active with doing St. Jude uh, fundraising and asked me if I wanted to be a part of the, the Miami South beach triathlon. And again, I, I mean, I, I, Never had it and didn't ride bikes. I, I'm not a good swimmer. All I've done, I did some marathons. Um, and so he's like, Yeah, you can come down and you can actually just do one portion of the triathlon. Like you can just do the one portion. We'll pair you with a swimmer and a biker. Wow. And I was like, Okay, so I went down there and that's the thing. It's like if you just say yes sometimes and if you go into something with an open mind, if you just show up, you maybe incredibly surprised because when I got down to South beach and that morning of the triathlon, I wake up and you see all these the excitement and the energy down there and you see all these really cool bikes and you got the swimmers and you're just around these, like, just like some of the most amazingly healthy specimens on the planet. And you know that everyone's just trained all these hours. And so there's a sense of like community and, and excitement that, you know, we're all here to do something together. And, and, uh, once the gun went off and people jumping in the ocean and swimming and then they get out and they jump on their bikes and I'm in the middle of all this. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I want to do all of this. And so <laughs> when, I first, when I got back to LA, I, you know, went and researched bikes and found a, got a road bike and found a, a road bike club. The guy who sold me my bike um, turns out he was a national uh, road bike champion in Moldovia. And so I started riding with him and his wow. group. And in the beginning they would smoke me and leave me like a mile behind and then I would catch <laughs> up. And then I just, you know, you kept riding and riding until you're able to keep up. And then I uh, got swim lessons from a triathlon coach. And cause I, you know, I was really good at the doggy paddle, but that was pretty much it. So.
1: <laughs> I remember uh, I did a, I did a sprint triathlon, but I, uh, I chose an adventure sprint triathlon, which is kayak bike and run. Okay. And I cool. never kayaked in my life. And so I went to Kayak Chicago. I like you. I bought a book. I went to Kayak Chicago I took <laughs> on Lake Michigan, which is like the Atlantic Ocean. And then I just practiced in my pool, which was pretty funny. But it was like, you know, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to be. And I, and I actually did better than I thought. So it's just funny how when you, you know, and I think the theme here for everyone is, you know, it's like business. You set your mind to um, putting your personal brand out there, putting your business out there. Building your business, taking it to the next level, things that seem undoable. And yet you surround yourself with the right people and you have the intent to finish, I think is, is what I'm hearing you say. And so it's like that mountain, you know, uh, studying the mountain for the triathlon and things like that. I think if, if we have the intent to do that and we have the intent to finish um, and surround ourselves by the very best people. Uh, how can we go wrong, you know, because those people are going to help yeah. us when we fall down, right? And, and when we yep. trip up and, you know.
4: And it's okay make- to ask for help. I mean, it's actually yes. important to ask for help. Yeah, you know, that's actually a
1: chapter in my book. Did you read that already? I haven't even given it. To you. <laughs> <laughs> but you are in it. I can tell you that. So, um, All right. All right man well listen you know as always it's it's a delight i didn't even get into the skydiving and the bungee jumping and everything else and and but we are going to acknowledge that you have a dog named james taylor and uh That's you right. also you also uh are officially a funcle cuz you're the funnest uncle in the world uh per your uh nieces. exactly so. 70s. <laughs> right exactly yeah it's always a delight to have you as uh part of one of our programs you've you've been to our live events, and I want to thank you for moving back here and and helping us uh rebuild those neighborhoods in Chicago being a grown up as a street guy that means a lot to know that someone's coming into your neighborhood to help make it better, and there's always going to be bad outside influences, and, and this means that they have a chance uh, to really take it to the next level. Um, okay. well, it's my so, pleasure, and yeah,
4: just want to thank you guys for having me, and uh, I, I think it's a blessing that uh, I met you and that uh, we've connected because you really helped um, me get reestablished here in Chicago, and anyone who's looking to expand their network, and uh, what's great about what you guys do, too, is that Um, I'm not big on LinkedIn and I'm not big in the business space. And what you guys are great at is cultivating a really great network of so many different people and so many different fields so that when someone new comes to your network, you're able to direct them to whatever network is already doing what they're doing and what you think could potentially help them and take their business to the next level. And that's what I've what I've recognized um, is what is really great about what you guys do. And I would say to anyone looking to uh, grow their network and to obviously the end goal is to uh, be, grow your business and become more successful, whether it's financially or um, you know in in, in growing uh, your business and taking it to that next level. You guys are are uh, are right there to make it all happen. So.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate that. And I know Kate and Jackson and Joe, who's on with us today. Uh, uh, although we never see him on camera, right, Colin? So in the meetings, but uh, he's out there helping. Thanks,
4: the Jackson. Thanks, Kate. Great.
1: And Kate's helping the social media be great and her team and everything like that. So again, this is uh, this is your social team, and uh, and we appreciate you as well. And if people uh, want to go to your website, it's it's literally colinegglesfield.com, dot uh, com, which That's is right. A cool new clean website and um, uh, your favorite, which you uh, you guys helped create. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And (laughs) then, and then, um, and then also, uh, you know, your favorite social sites. Uh, We know you're engaging on all of them, but what's the go-to one or two social sites that you engage on the most? I'm
4: very active on Instagram, and uh, what I do is I then uh, post on Instagram, have it uh, then directed to Facebook and Twitter um Twitter is you know more social commentary and um I think it's great for athletes and politicians and people who are wanting to get direct messages out there for me it's more so um I you know I like to reach people uh I'm more of a visual person and and uh I like to tell stories more in a visual way I guess being an actor it's more um what I uh prefer to do and it, for me it's uh I think it's a quick way to uh, for me to get my, my dose of inspiration for the day. Cause there's a lot of really great uh, Instagram um, influencers out there. And so it's, it's my quick little um, break during the day to see what's going on and see what my friends are up to. And also for me to be able to contribute and talk about what I'm doing. And, um, and also if, I, if you don't mind it, I'll, uh, I just like to mention too that with uh, what I'm trying to create with uh, uh, one of the reasons why I'm writing my book, The Agile Artist, is to create this community of people where we are supporting each other in right. whatever it is that we're up to, and bringing more creativity to uh, each other's lives. And I feel like as I've gotten older, I've you know I used to draw a lot, and I used to write more, and That's I cool. feel like I just get so caught up with needing to get these emails done and and going to the gym that I feel like I've let my creativity muscles atrophy, and I feel like. When I just take the time to just create that space to to write, and I've started journaling at night again and writing out of my gratitude journal what I'm thankful for. And um, I've started like doodling and drawing again, and it allows what I've recognized it allows when I'm creating that space, other ideas that I wouldn't have thought about on how to solve the problems I'm dealing with in my business start to just kind of bubble up and when you give your space to your to yourself that space to allow um your creativity and your subconscious to kind of like uh, brew on whatever you're dealing with, it's right. amazing on what kind of things appear or that someone will call and and be like oh you know i'm I'm uh I'm looking for someone to speak at my thing. And I'm like, Oh, I, I mean, I you it's cra- or like, I, I get a phone call saying, Oh, you, uh, are you doing anything next week? You know, I want you to be in this movie or whatever it is. It's it's amazing. The, uh, the fortuitous kind of, um, I call them miracles, but, uh, what can happen when you just kind of put it out there and, and, uh, and just kind of let go a little bit.
1: Yeah. Super cool, man. Well, listen, yeah. I want to thank you again uh, for being on the program. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll definitely have you on again. And then uh, she'll awesome. be at uh, part of our live events as well, which we love having you out.
4: Sounds
1: good. So, All right. So uh, so uh, we want you to stay on. We're going uh, to give away some prizes. We always give away a couple of engagement prizes. So, Jackson, who's our, uh, who's our winners today? So for
3: uh, our winners for today, we have two winners. Uh, one who was watching uh, within Zoom and one who was attending on uh, Facebook Live. So, for our Zoom winner, that is uh, Kate Bosum. So,
1: from Child's Voice. Kate. From
3: Child's Voice, and then on Facebook we have Adam Feather. So congratulations and wait, wait
1: wait wait isn't Adam the wolf of Wall, or the wolf of Wall Street he's the wolf of Wrigley isn't he He's the wolf of Wrigley yeah, yeah right. So. oh yeah Adam <laughs> Adam we all know Adam he's a great guy man yeah so uh, now listen folks so Colin uh, had a lot of good messages today uh, and our rule is we're going to give you a Starbucks gift card but we want you to take somebody for coffee And we want you to share uh, some of the things that you heard Colin talk about. So uh, that's part of our mission. That's part of... Uh, being a business influencer and a thought leader is to help others, like Colin spoke uh, quite a few times in this program. So please make sure that <laughs> people are saying, can I take Colin with me for coffee? That's <laughs> between you and Colin. <laughs> um, but uh, sure, but uh, you take it up with Colin. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so anyway, but please promise you'll do that now expect that so Kate what did you get out of the the program this was interesting in terms of you know where it was going where we took it what did you get out of today's program
2: yeah well I, I have a lot of conversations with Colin and I think his story is just inspiring as a whole but um you know just just the the rebranding and kind of how he's shifting his focus but still using his personal brand to tie it together it's not like he's left Hollywood to try something new he's kind of intertwining the two and so, yeah. and so being the stop to one story and the start to other. It's kind of how they can develop together and how, you know, when rebranding is reevaluating your brand as time goes. So just love his story. Love being connected to him. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah. Jackson, any big takeaway for you, Jackson?
3: Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway was uh, one of the things he said towards the end with not losing that time, that space for you to get into that creative zone don't you know not losing yourself in the emails and things like that so kind of bringing you back almost to your roots uh with how he said he used to draw and do all that and I think that's a big thing that resonated with me because I'll catch myself just like constantly busting through emails and then I don't go back and look at any of my old writing stuff that I used to do so
1: mm-hmm. but yeah there you go. Yeah,
3: so I think that was the biggest thing for me. So
1: yeah, and Colin, uh, thanks. Because uh, one one thing I've been journaling, especially because of the book, um, but not quite enough. You know, I'll catch myself going, you know, there's so many great things that happened in the day, and I'll just be like, okay, I'm gonna collapse. And then, but but there's always a good nugget or two to pop down there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. keep that a little more present and top top of uh, the nightstand there. But thanks for inspiring all of us to to take that extra step to go a little further and to be better. So we appreciate you for that.
4: You're welcome. Thanks for everything you guys do too.
1: All right. And then uh, next week, Colin, you're not going to guess who we have that crazy workout guy that we all know. Oh Oh my gosh. The guy that was uh, named uh, by Arnold Schwarzenegger as the next great trainer Um, and so we're gonna, uh, we're gonna have all kinds of things and he's going through a transition too, where he's rolling out this executive corporate training program and he's done it for Dr. Mercola as a lot of you have heard and some big, big, big names, but now he's rebranding and structuring himself and he's going to take us through his journey. So, uh, maybe we'll have to have a great panel of all the Chicago people that we uh, have uh, in our wheelhouse here now, but. Um, All right. With that being said, from all of us here at Social Jack Studios, we appreciate you folks hanging on. And so after this is produced, uh, Kate and the team will let you know how to get to uh, those channels to pick up the podcast and or the webcast. And then uh, you'll be able to watch it and share it with your friends and family. So from all of us here at Social Jack Studios and the Influence Factory, we will see you online. Take care,
4: everybody. Awesome. Take care, guys.
2: Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Influence Factory podcast. We welcome feedback and suggestions. You can provide these by visiting our website at www.myinfluencefactory.com. And if you are interested in Social Jack's 90 Days to Influence program, you can simply go to 90daystobusinessinfluence.com and simply ask for the next steps. While our program airs regularly on Zoom webcasts and Facebook Live on Wednesdays at noon central, we invite you to download episodes on your favorite channel, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and who knows where else in the future. We will also provide occasional on-location live streams with special guests that we will announce in our community Facebook group, Business Influencer Alliance, as well as on all Social Jack channels. Our mission is to help you build your digital business influence with this podcast, as well as inspire, educate, and entertain those who are hungry to collaborate in a cool place with cool business professionals just like you.